everybody, welcome to uh, OS News Podcast number 37, yeah, 37, for May the 23rd, 2010, gosh, and uh, unfortunately Tom Horder, our, our usual, um, hasn't been able to join us today, it's uh, me, Croc Cayman, and uh, thankfully we do have someone else in the room, we're joined by uh, Tess Flynn, Hello. and uh, who's going to uh, make up the other side of the argument. Uh, Everybody's probably been expecting this podcast, knowing already what it's pretty much going to be about, and we had hoped for a uh, large room of participants, but uh, unfortunately that just hasn't been so, and I didn't want to leave it any longer, otherwise there wouldn't actually be any <laughs> any alternative news to cover at all. Well, we could always try waiting, and, and hopefully maybe in the next episode we can make a, a much more uh, roundtable discussion. Mm-hmm. Let's try and cover what we can um the the, the uh, summary is essentially the sort of several major events having happened uh google i o in particular google's mm-hmm. developer conference uh where google have announced a, a number of very large initiatives that will have a huge impact on i think just about everybody um and besides that there's been an ongoing battle between Apple and Adobe over Flash, there's H.264 and the MPEG LA's Dirty Tactics, um, and it's basically been, everything's been revolving around the web at the moment, there's been a, a, a few alternative operating system news in the form of uh, some uh, Aros, uh, the Haiku, uh, um, Haiku Alpha 2 has been released, um, but these are not, there's not a huge amount of meat to them, and I think it's probably more Tom's area of, of expertise. So, Considering it's me and Tess, we're going to work on what we know the best of. Uh, I'm I'm more interested in the um, HTML5 website of things, and uh, Tess is more interested in the mobile side of things. So hopefully between us, we are able to get cover some ground. Uh, where should we start? Um, probably with the elephant in the room. <laughs> Google have uh, announced that they are to release. Uh, well, they have. Sorry, they already have released uh, the VP8 codec. Uh, as open source royalty three uh, for anybody to implement without you know any charge of any kind, uh, and uh, this comes after their uh, purchase of onto uh, late last year. So this is uh, really quickly that they've gone gone about this. This was clearly their plan right from the very beginning was to, to, to you know to purchase onto for this exact purpose. The absolute speed that they have uh, have gone from getting the purchase out of the way and then you know releasing the the, the actual codec. The knock-on effect of this is is that uh, so far there's been uh, sort of a lot of argument about what is better as far as H.264 and Octiora uh, uh, Volpis, and um, the problem with that argument has always been that it doesn't the quality doesn't actually matter. Um, you know, all these 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 comparisons about what's better than the other um, is completely irrelevant when it comes down to, to sort of the freedom factor. Is that you know H.264 may be better. But it's not free. You, you know, you cannot escape that argument, and it seems to be all of the articles that we've had regarding about this versus that have seemed to be, you know, not playing that card. That you cannot escape the fact that MPEG LA is uh, the uh, H.264 isn't free. Uh, it's only three in the sense that it's it's free until we start charging you for it, <laughs> and then the MPEG LA. Uh, as well, the number of news articles we've had have shown themselves to be um, hardly the most trustworthy kinds of uh, of partners to have. It's free as in beer, only the bartender's watching every one of you, and he has a shotgun. <laughs> and he's keeping tabs. Oh, yeah. So they can get you back later. <laughs> With the MPEG LA, you have uh, the Larry Horn, who's the CEO of, uh, of MPEG LA, who 
manage the patent pool of which Microsoft and Apple are part of. Uh, Larry Hall himself has also got a separate company uh, that is... Uh, let's try and find that. So we've got three pages of news now, and it's going to take me forever to find anything. <laughs> Here we are, right. Uh, uh, Larry Hall also happens to be the CEO of a, uh, another company called Mobile Media Ideas LLC, a company with absolutely no products of its own, who acquired a number of patents from Nokia, Sony, uh, 122 of them, and is using these patents to sue several uh, smartphone makers earlier this year, including Apple, HTC, and uh, and, and RIM. Uh, and it's quite ironic that um, uh, you know the uh, well Larry Hon in this case is is using another company uh, that's basically a patent troll uh, to sue, <laughs> sue sue people who are also members of the MPEG LA itself. Um, that's extremely uh, you know it's about as two faced as you get. Almost as two faced as a Batman villain. <laughs> Astonishing. So you know you can see from this that these are. You know, this is not a company to be in the bed with, um, and that for H.264s, all its benefits as far as encoding quality and the availability of its tools, etc., you know, the, 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 the background behind it is not particularly trustworthy. And, and could you honestly say that you'd want to leave uh, the give the keys to the web to, you know, someone like this, who is uh, uh, quite happy to uh, uh, embrace you with open arms and into, your, into their company and then uh, using a... Uh, uh, a subsidiary to then sue you, uh, especially with all the web, uh, the video in the web uh, being locked up in H.264. You know they can basically go after anybody they say want them if they don't like what they're doing, uh, and, and and sort of sue in this fashion, sort of selectively pick uh, who they want to attack, as well as change the terms when it uh, come 2015, uh, when uh, all of the content is. Is locked up in in H two six four because of the necessity to support iPhone and iPad. Google have managed to actually turn this rather bleak situation on its head, um, which is the most surprising thing. I think Google are the only people big enough to actually do this. Theora really didn't have much of a hope. Um, and it was obvious from what I was doing with Video for Everybody that Fiora's great and all, but the tools aren't there, the backing isn't there, the hardware isn't there. Um, they, as an organisation, Ziff wouldn't have any way to defend themselves against the MPEG-LA. And they're having a real hard grind uphill, trying to, you know, an uphill struggle. Google have turned this on the head. They've announced that VP8 is, is free, it's royalty-free. Um, they've released the source code for it, they're creating um, tools for it, so the, a direct show filter so that it will work in uh, Windows. Uh, there's word that a QuickTime uh, component is on its way as well. They've created patches for FFmpeg. Um, and so that, uh, and, and sorry, I'll sort of get there. They've agreed uh, deals with hardware manufacturers as well, such as ARM and NVIDIA and AMD uh, and, you know, seriously big uh, Qualcomm, um, seriously big players in both the desktop and uh, mobile market. Uh, which is going to give VP8 the sort of solid backing that uh, is is going to make uh, manufacturers themselves turn around and, and and think about supporting this instead of, uh, of or instead of or inclusion of H.264 as well. Is there anything you wanted to add to uh, your your impression of this? Because I actually haven't heard anything from you about this whole uh, this 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 uh, about the whole event. 
Well, I think that it, w- it was one of the most impressive things that came across in Google I.O. was the announcement of this container. It took me completely by surprise, but at the same time, I think I wasn't, sh- I can't remember if it was you or if it was Tom, which actually uh, implored that Google do something very similar to this because they're the only ones that would have the uh, corporate clout in order to convince all of these different organizations which hold the capitalistic keys in order to hand over the content production keys to the rest of us. Both me and Tom are, are, are very much on the same ball here. Now, um, Tom isn't a, um, uh, and I use the same term to describe myself in, in inverted commas, a free tard. Um, neither of us are, are like that. We believe in uh, the best tool for the job, and it, you know, people have the ineffable right to be able to make closed systems if they so please. That is a free and open market. But we strongly believe that the, because this is OS news, um, and we uh, embrace. Uh, alternative operating systems, that everybody should have a level platform on which to compete and, and, and which to participate. I want Amiga users and Risk OS users and Haiku users to be able to access content on the web freely as anybody else. Um, and that's why we don't like H.264 uh, and the MPEG LA, because of their basic dirty tactics to get everyone so badly strung up um, that uh, th- there was no innovation happening unless you know MPEG LA are getting paid for it. Of course, as soon as oh, the WebM container and the VP8 codec was open source, it didn't take long oh, long before MPEG LA said, nope, it's sorry, we patented that. Oh, you, yeah. you're, you're violating all of that stuff already. Yeah, and again, that, that's complete <laughs> rubbish. Um, there was a lot of very uh, a good discussion about that because, you know, first of all, uh, VP3 uh, has been out for 10 years and they've been had constant... Um, threats from the MPEG LA about that, and yet they still haven't done anything about it. So, why why would the release of, of Google putting out VP8 there cause them to react that way when they could have st- said the same claim and attack against VP8 before it was released by Google, before it was bought by Google, and for the last ten years prior? This is purely a marketing stunt to try and downplay the importance of what Google is doing and to threaten people to say, oh, hang on a minute, this might not be as free as, as you want. You want to be talking to us because there's going to be a lot of players who've, who've noticed this uh, and are listening to uh, to what Google are doing here. Um, and the MPEG LA want to frighten people away from this announcement because they can say that, you know, this could infringe upon our patents. Um, you know, either bring the lawsuit or don't. Um, well, I think the thing is here that the MPEG LA doesn't seem to be, at least at the moment, threatening people. It's threatening corporations, and that's a very different ball game. Um, I know that there, there's a what is it, the Zela Foundation? I'm probably pronouncing that very badly. That's behind Og Theora. Ziff, you mean? Ziff, yes. Sorry, <laughs> it's it's still early here, and I had a very late <laughs> night last night. Um, and the thing is that how many people is that is that corporation? How much capital does that corporation have? I mean, if my guess is that if you look at all of that on paper, you're not going to have much of a threat. So why do all the threats? Toward uh, toward Theora in order to scare away who? It's not scaring away people from Theora. I don't think the MPEG LA gives the damn about people. They care about company. Hello. 
That's sorry. And at that and, and at that point, I'm I'm not I'm I'm just drawing drawing home the point because it's very easy to think the think from the common consumer mindset. This is a very corporate oriented tactic, and the same thing is going on here. That you have now you have the MPEG LA, and we'll have our bluster against Ziff, but. That's all it really is. All we need to do is bluster, and then all the manufacturers will just go and implement H.264, and they won't care about the aura because, well, they're too small for us to care, and they're being they're, they're possibly being threatened. And if this big you know conglomerate can threaten this little tiny organization, they'll probably squish it dead. And that's that's corporate mind uh, mindset. Now you have MPEG LA versus Google. And, well, this is a very different game now. <laughs> it's a big game because also with the hardware manufacturers that have bought into uh, Google have obviously um, contacted all of these hardware manufacturers, told them what they're doing here. Google themselves have said that they have um, done due diligence, uh, due diligence to check that VPA doesn't infringe on any patents. They wouldn't release it otherwise. Uh, they have complete faith in that it's it's uh, it doesn't infringe on any patents. Um, and their hardware manufacturers uh, that have joined the, the 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 support of it obviously also believe this as well. You know, Nvidia are a major player. AMD are a major player. Qualcomm are a major player. So MPEG-LA's threats are not now just against Google, who are not um, who who are not Qualcomm or, or ARM or have have the importance in the mobile uh, industry who actually have to implement this stuff um, they're you know I think they're more important the fact that, that, that we've got Nvidia AMD Qualcomm and, and ARM because they're the people who are going to have to actually implement this stuff and they're the ones that are uh, you know just as liable they're, they're, they're the fringe partners that MPEG LA could uh, attack because they're doing the actual implementation side of it now, and what is... strategy does the MPEG LA have left? I mean, they can't mount a serious campaign in short order with when they brought a gun to a missile fight. This is a big de- this is a big deal, and my guess is that they're blustering because that's all they have right now to go on. This is a very a very expected behavior from a corporation that doesn't know what else to do. I mean, this to me reeks of the same kind of corporate bluster that you saw the CEO of Palm give about how they're going to go and dominate the market right before they sold out to HP. <laughs> yeah, it's corporate sort of uh, response. Um, I at least said it as, as the best way of defense is offense, and this is what they're doing here is they have to be on the offensive uh, to, to be threatening people and to be able to defend themselves against the possibility that uh, the reverse is true, and that actually H.264 or MPEG-LA's patents are either invalid or are in, uh, infringing upon uh, on two's patents on uh, VP3, VP7, which predate H.264. Um, uh, Theorton, sorry, um, on two's stuff work goes back to sort of 1992, 1993. Um, there is every likelihood that um, if there are an all-out all thermonuclear war between Google and the MPEG LA, that the MPEG LA would not come out of it unscathed. They would probably lose patents. Um, uh, Google may even have, you know, on two may have 
you know, prior art to all of this. Um, I think the MPGLA know that it's not a watertight deal, that, 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 that they can just go out and sue someone and it's guaranteed that they'll have, you know, that they'll come out uh, unscathed, which would probably be the case against Ziff and Theora because they would have no money, money um, to be able to, to, and the lawyers to, to be able to protect themselves properly, but not with Google. That's an entirely different game. In addition, we should also mention um, that, interestingly, um, Adobe have also come out and in support of this and said that they will be baking VB8 into um, Flash 10.1, soon to arrive uh, on anything that isn't an Apple device. And this is actually very important because not only are they getting the YouTube beta so that it's the full HTML5 version of the site, but they're also going after Flash and they're going after Android as well, which, you know, it's obvious Google owns Android as well. So that will be in Gingerbread. This is a huge constellation of things. And this is the only kind of way that this could have been could have been turned around. <laughs> yeah. The, um, I wonder how long until Steve Jobs actually starts uh, p- making his opinions known about WebM. <laughs> no, he has already said it. Um, someone sent him an email. They asked him, what do you think of this whole VP8 thing? He emailed back just a hyperlink to the uh, X264 developers uh, breakdown of, uh, of slandering, about the best way you could call it, of, uh, of VP8. Um, and again, we're missing the point. All of this H.264 versus VP8 stuff is completely irrelevant because VP8 is free and H.264 is not. So I don't care if H.264 has got a better still frame than VP8 has got a better, you know, the, the image that VP8 produces because VP8 is free. <laughs> well, you have to wonder how much Apple is suffering from the not invented here syndrome. I don't know, really. Um, they, they, it, may more, it may be pride more than it is not invented here. Um, they have put their entire uh, eggs into the H.264 basket. They did in 2004 uh, when they were developing Tiger and, and uh, uh, H.264 was just being certified. Um, and they uh, saw that. They had one patent in part of the pool. Um, it was a superior technology to anything else at the time. And uh, they put all their eggs in the basket. iTunes is founded on it. Uh, uh, um uh, their video editing, pro video editing tools, um, it's, it, H.264 is everywhere now, everywhere. So Apple are massively invested in that, and I, I cannot in any way see them implementing VPA in any of their devices. They may have excuses for the fact that they don't want to because they think H.264 is better, or, or that they think that uh, VP8 is still an uncertainty because of patent uh, possible pending patent threats. Um, who knows? But I think it's actually their pride is their biggest, um, the, the biggest thing in the way here. The question then becomes, how can google turned the tide amongst the apple set in order to convince apple to do something different they don't need to convince and, apple to do something different i think what well, they need to true do is, but it makes me wonder <laughs> it, oh no, it's interesting yeah i i think actually what google need to do is let apple be apple um the more desperate they get the more stupid they're going to get um what's new with android and HP as, as well by Palm and the release this release of VP8 and YouTube switching to VP8 and all the hardware support represents the first major 
collateral um, offensive against Apple. I mean, it was clear in Google's keynote that, you know, they were on the offensive Apple. They were taking jabs at Apple at every opportunity. And, you know, the disparity between the companies was beginning to definitely appear here. A, you know, a, r- a rift was, a, was appearing. Um, and what's going to happen is is if, if YouTube is all in VP8, and VP8 does happen to become very common because it can be played in Flash as well as in HTML5, and therefore we can just get away with one video file and it play in most instances... And the pressure starts getting to be put upon the iPhone and the iPad as to, oh, why doesn't it run this? Then Apple are going to have to react to that somehow. And if they're on the losing end, it will be interesting to see if they're going to overreact or if they're going to have to cave in and and, and, and accept VPA. That's a complete unknown to me. <laughs> I was just having uh, kind of fangirlish images of uh, of. Um, Google pulling the plug on any sort of support for H.264 for Flash and for uh, for YouTube, sorry, and having all of the iPad and iPhone users suddenly being without YouTube entirely. <laughs> could the only time that, that could possibly happen is 2015. Um, there is no point for Google to pull that plug now. It gives them no advantage. It just takes away people from viewing YouTube, and that is all they care about at the moment. That's their, you know, the core importance is that they want to be able to people to access this stuff. But come 2015, and whenever the terms do change, things may have changed by then. That's a long time in web years. Uh, VP8 may have very well uh, got itself some solid ground by then, and yes, they could potentially just decide to pull the H.264 plug out of uh, out of YouTube and uh, stop supporting Apple Apple's devices. The question is, is, is this now arm, it's this arms race that Apple are going to have to get as big as a possible market with the iPhone OS to ensure that there's no way to pull that plug without, you know, having a serious deficit happen. Um, and likewise with Google, they've got to make sure that VP8 is everywhere so that they have the ability to pull that plug and not much gets lost. And the thing is that the mobile platforms focusing on iPhone OS, if the trends that we see now continue, that's going to not be an issue for very much longer. Google doesn't have to do anything for that. They just need to continue their current strategy, and other platforms, namely Android, will just eat them alive. Yeah, in terms of years, it's a complete whole new, you know, um, two iterations of handsets. So by the time we get to sort of the end of 2015, uh, everybody would have likely replaced their handsets, and hopefully everything should be uh, with hardware VPA decoders in them. Um, And that will just leave wherever the iPhone and the iPad and whatever Apple, you know, make next as sort of the the, the battleground there. Um, Yay, a format war. (laughs) We can, you know, insert the amok time theme from Star Trek right here. <laughs> uh, it's another format war. Fun, fun, fun. <laughs> and the consumers always benefit from it, having to draw up sides. In fact, we've been doing this since the, been, the television was invented, and it was John Logie Bird versus um, the other guy. What was his name? Phyllis, um, who did the, the electric television versus anal- uh, analog television. And, uh, and I'm only a few wars. years older than you. I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> but you had the television war between one format versus another war, and we had the VHS and Betamax, and then we've had HD, VD, and DVD. Uh, um, 
sorry, HDVD and Blu-ray, and then we're going to have VP8 versus H.264. This is the corporate world. It happens. Unfortunately, the world is never going to be ideal, but thankfully, VP8 does represent, you know, as I say, what Google have done here, have, have given the opportunity that a free and open format may actually compete on the world stage um, against the closed format. You know, both with HDDVD and, and Blu-ray, they're both closed formats, so, you know, we lose if both win. Uh, but in this case, this is something much much bigger because it means that video could finally be, you know, we could find a future on the internet where video is as uh, freely exchangeable and accessible as just plain text on the internet. Uh, and it's, it really does open up a lot of room for innovation. It's a, a very positive thing. But this makes you wonder about where the major content providers are going to be looking at with this particular technology? Is it going to, can they slap DRM around it? Can they slap controls around it to prevent people from... I mean, it's free. So we have to respect that if someone wants to take something that's that's free and has a license which allows them to then close it and put on restrictions, so be it. It is a free market where they are allowed to do that. And if they do stupid things, then they will suffer from it. So we've got to accept that we should allow people to do stupid things with VP8 because by doing this, we will test the waters and find out what is acceptable and what is not acceptable, and what makes success and what makes not, you know, and, and what is not successful. Um, and that's the whole great thing about having an open platform and an open codec where these tests can be done rather than the MPEG LA dictating that you would do it this way. Uh, the, the, what, what, what Mozilla and Hack, um, uh, the other CTO of Opera, Hackam Lee, uh, said as well about the fact that, that um, they didn't patent, Tim didn't patent HTML, could have, but didn't patent HTML. It, you know, um, uh, uh, Lee didn't patent H, uh, CSS, but he could have. Beltzner didn't patent uh, 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 JavaScript, but could have. Um, so, so you know, it, it's in that same way that, that, that imagine what the world would be like if HTML was patented and it, or it was binary and you, you had to use proprietary tools to be able to create it. You just wouldn't have the World Wide Web. Well, yes, but then I'm remembering one of the things that I got off of the Ideas blog just this morning. Let's see if I can find that link for you because that's pretty relevant to our current discussion. Oh come on! It was right. It was right on Twitter just a second ago. There it is. So I'm just playing some Pokemon whilst you wait. Oh, I've already sent it. I sent you the link already. <laughs> is that the new one or the old one? <laughs> no, this is this is an original Mono Game Boy 1989 playing uh, Pokemon Yellow. <laughs> 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 I can't see this link. What are we doing? No, I can't see it. Whatever it is you sent me. I sent it on over Skype. Oh, hang on, Skype, where are you? Oh crappy Mac implementation. It didn't bounce the dark. Oh right, okay, yeah, this thing about uh, Germany, uh declaring that uh, software patents be a possibility. The highest German appeals court in matters of civil and criminal law overruled the country's highest patent specialized court and decided that a client server software for the automatic generation of structured documents, such as XML or HTML, is an example of a patentable software invention. This obviously sets a bad precedent, but I have always said that in arguments 
over this H.264 stuff, people have said, oh, this doesn't apply to my co- my country, you know, so what? And the same with the, the, the um, that Firefox port to add uh, H.264 to it, you know, this isn't valid in my country, and, you know, I'm in Britain, so this isn't valid in my country anyway, why should I bother about this? You know, stupid American problem. I should be able to use H.264. And the thing is, no, it's bigger than that. The problem is, is that this patent crap is going to come over to other countries via stuff like Actor and via what we've had just happened in Germany. Uh, using H.264 is just not is plain, you know, not sensible to do. Period. Regardless of what country you're in, or regardless of what laws your your country represents, it is backed by a set of extremely powerful companies with vested interests who have a lot of lobbying power uh, and who will do everything in their power to, uh, to to ensure that they can extract money from more and more people. It is not to be trusted. And this gets back to people versus corporations. Yay. What is one thing that corporations can be? Multinational. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if we're just going to be living inside of a Peter Watts novel in the next 10 years. Um... <laughs> The, yeah, the, the web is great as it is and fantastic as an open tool and all the, the, what it's managed to achieve is um, and we live in a world that is always unbalanced and uh, is always biased and it is always unfair and you just have to get through life making the best use out of this fantastic mind-blowing technology that we have available to us at such great prices um, it doesn't pay to be a complete freedom only person because um in the end you'll just you, you you know you won't do anything you would just have to live in a cave um and that's why i i use open source software but i also use closed source software i um i always preach for whatever is the best you know to use use the best tool for the job um but i what i don't want is people and companies coming along and tell me how to make my art um i consider code to be art and and when I'm creating websites and things like that, I want to be able to do so freely without some company coming along and saying that you have to do it this way or no, you can't do that. And that's where I get into the freedom side of things is that I don't want people messing around with, with what I want to, want to create. But if I want to use closed source software or if people want to go and create closed platforms and things like that, fine by me because I have the power to choose and, and say I don't want to buy an iPhone or I don't want to use such and such piece of software and so forth. I've got that choice. That's what we should be upholding is... Um, is that one large company or corporation can't stomp on the capability for others to create free choices. Yeah, yeah. The problem is that it so often seems that many many companies, especially lately with all the patent trolling going on, seem to make a good deal of money and benefit from that sort of a thing. And it, it just strikes me as very unfortunate. Well, it's interesting that, thankfully, um, oh, thankfully, not thankfully, there's always sides to the argument. Google have created a uh, business model which allows them to do to do a lot of very beneficial things to the to the, you know the greater whole. Ultimately, they are a business, and their bottom line is is going to be their profit. Um, but Google have managed to create this nice business model where they can give away email to millions of people completely for free, um, and you know they can spend 120 million dollars on on two and give it away for free. Don't, in, in normal business circles, that that's insane. You know, you, you go to your, your 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 VC and say, "Yeah, I'd love 120 million dollars so that I can get absolutely nothing back for it." 
<laughs> you can just sign this check, please. Um, but that's great. That well, we- that's not not entirely true in the no. in the case of Gmail. You you know it isn't. I mean, no. Google makes its most of its money from advertising, and everyone who uses Gmail on an unpatched browser will know that there's always advertising there. And the um. I'm just going to say, sorry. Uh, the Google principle is that what Google want is is um, market growth. So the more people who use the internet, even if they're not using Google, it benefits Google because it means more people are using the internet. Therefore, it increases it, it the size of the internet, the which, of the, means, right. which means so which more means people more stuff to search. Use, yeah. <laughs> so if they have a market share in a percentage, the more people you have, the more people will naturally become part of your percentage of of that market slice. Uh, even if you're handing, you know, even by adding more people to 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 the internet, you, they're going to competitors and things like that. So Google have got this, you know, uh, a good view in the sense that by giving away all this free stuff and by um, providing open source solutions and 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 what they've been doing with VP8, they can ensure that more people can use the internet and therefore the the, the number of people that happen to be in their percentage of of market share is going to increase. It's it helps everybody. This is kind of a thing that that. Where Microsoft have got enough of the rails, unfortunately, is that the good thing of what Mike, how Microsoft have benefited everybody is that they made the PC cheap and common. They made it so that everybody could afford um, a PC. But Microsoft, unfortunately, came up with the rails where they they they, they got too much tied in that everybody should be using Windows instead of everybody should be using a computer. Yeah, that that's. You know, if, if Microsoft were more point. about trying to get pe- more, pe- more and more people using desktop computers as they were in the early days, then by na- by by nature, more people using computers would increase the amount of uh, the the amount of people in their percentage market share uh, for using Windows. But now they've become so uh, hung up on just Windows and only Windows, they they become uh, their companies become the Windows business, not not a computer business. Hmm. Which this makes me wonder the percent of how much of the percentage of their products runs on .NET and how much they could actually make a .NET runtime for a non-Windows platform. Probably it's a huge. It yeah. would be a huge development Again, effort on the their Windows part. But mindset is is that if if Microsoft were like Google, then they would immediately be like. This .NET technology means that we can you know sell more development tools. Let's port it to everything and make it open source. Go. Um, but they're not. They're, they're they're stuck in this sort of old generation mindset, and they're really struggling with the web. In fact, both Microsoft and Apple are really struggling with getting the web and the web way of doing things. And, and Internet Explorer Nine is as fantastic it is an addition. It's it, it, it's going to be too late uh, for them unless they really speed this up and, or or really come out with something you know with unicorns and magic and ponies and things. Um, what Google showed, obviously, on their slides, that uh, you know, the browsers now support so much HTML5 already. The browsers in a year time are going to support even more, and the IE9 even you know won't have even been out by then, and it will it will only be as good as what what's available now. So they're still lagging behind. Yeah, well, Windows in general seems to uh, seems to have the persistent problem that it's buried in so much legacy that it doesn't know what the hell to do with itself. And in order to get outside of that, they would have to do something like Apple did with uh, OS X. And whew, I'm not sure if I don't I'm, I don't have any faith in Microsoft to be able to do anything that like that. 
Um, yeah, be, yeah, that that would just be way too much for them. Well, they made a good job of Windows Seven. Uh, fantastic. Well, products. they did. Um, that was I, impressive. I will look forward to what they can do with Windows Eight because Windows Seven was just a clean-up job. It got Vista into what it should have been in the first place. Windows Eight will give them the opportunity to build upon the excellent work that they've done with Windows Seven. But Windows is still Windows. It's still a desktop-oriented, desktop-centric uh, Microsoft Windows. It's the same thing they've been doing for the last twenty-five years. Their web-based stuff is in a terrible mess. Um, you know, rebranding Hotmail to Windows Live Hotmail. Fantastic. Thank you for that, Microsoft. Um, and bludging people with more, you know, more terrible web apps. Uh, in fact, actually, I'll tell you something interesting. Uh, I got an email from Microsoft, uh, their UK evangelism department, and saying, why doesn't video for everybody include Silverlight? And <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't run on a lot of platforms that I, are Windows. I said back that doesn't to them, mesh with our readership at all. Uh, I, know. <laughs> I said to her, um, how many Internet Explorer users, because Internet Explorer is the only HTML5 holdout, how many Internet Explorer users do not have Flash but do have Silverlight? Case in point. And secondly, you know, the point of video for everybody is that it's HTML5 video first, everything else is just a f legacy. Um, the only reason it includes Flash is so that people can go and download a better web browser. Um, it's just a way to play a video until it gets in, until they get a better web browser. And the Silverlight putting Silverlight into video for everybody would be exactly the same thing. Just a way to play a video until they get a better web browser. It wouldn't be a feature like, wow, this has Silverlight, and we should put Silverlight first and then HTML5 video second. No. Um, okay, it's Microsoft being at odds with the web. They they keep put plowing their uh, investing their effort into something that is uh, into Silverlight, which is good because of the development tools. It gives creative people a simple way to get what their ideas out onto into the world. And I um, I thank them for that. I think that that's that's a great thing. Being someone who was brought up with um, Visual Basic six, fantastic piece of software. Still use it now. Still love it now. Um, but Flash and Silverlight are not the web. It's, it's, you know. It doesn't work with bookmarking. It doesn't work with accessibility. It doesn't work with choosing your own Zoom level fonts and colors and styles. It doesn't work with user scripts. It doesn't work with mashups. It, it, it's completely abhorrent to the web. Um, and that's why I, I believe, truly believe that both Flash and Silverlight will die. It's just a matter of how long, how much cash they can both pump into it to keep these things alive. Uh, it's been said, I think, across the web that basically Flash is the floppy disk of the modern era. <laughs> it will be around for a long time, do not know that, but it cannot continue forever because it is simply not the web. Anyway, we are getting very off topic here. <laughs> Shall we move on to... Let me give an opportunity for you to speak. Android. Um, in Google's I.O., the first day was mostly dedicated to HTML5 and, and, and bitch-slapping Apple. Uh, and the second day was also dedicated to bitch-slapping Apple, but it was about mobile phones. Um would you be able to do a recap at all for me? Well, if anyone's been following the rumors for for Froyo, frozen yogurt, as it's called, they have the did the trot out cursed. the hmm? the yogurt is also cursed. <laughs> but it comes with your free choice of toppings. It's <laughs> good. <laughs> the toppings contain potassium benzoate. <laughs> 
<laughs> Anyways, um, if you've been following the rumors for for Froyo, they have actually uh, they uh, we got pretty much every rumor that we wanted out of it, with very few exceptions. So we have a slightly new different, uh, slightly new home screen that's going to have the the phone icon and the browser icon docked. Uh, with the application icon at the bottom. Again, you can still replace this with your home screen of choice fairly easily on any stock Android system. Um, I always kind of wondered if those particular icons are going to be user-definable, because if you use an alternate dialer or an alternate web browser, I would think it would be kind of annoying to not be able to change that. But, you know, if that's going to come up, we'll see that. Uh, the biggest one that everyone was really, really hoping for was, of course, tethering, and we did get tethering. There's going to be USB tethering, and there's going to be uh, Wi-Fi hotspot tethering, which is particularly nifty because that's one feature that I've always wanted as someone who travels and has to put up with really horrible, horrible hotel internet. <laughs> <laughs> like the last hotel I went yeah, to. The hotels <laughs> My phone was faster than their internet and it was on 3G. <laughs> they're going to start hotels are going to be forced to start installing phone jammers in there because they're going to have their revenue stream dry up here. <laughs> we keep well, people I think, on our there a US ruling lately that that phone jammers were illegal. Yeah, I, don't know. Sure, I could be wrong about that. I I thought I read something uh, something about that. Uh, changes to the Gmail app. We did not get a unified inbox, unfortunately, but there was no rumors about that. Uh, we did get a pluggable search box, which is very nice. So you can actually just plug in your own search system. I'm looking forward to what uh, developers are going to be doing with that. Um... Uh, going back to the tethering, apparently, uh, so uh, so far, the the rumor has been that only a few selected Nexus One users have actually. You've cut out. And no, I have not gotten the update. Sad. Sorry. You, you cut out for <laughs> you cut out for ten seconds there. Could you just repeat that last sentence? Oh, um, I've I've been checking my phone like a sad fangirl for the Froyo update to come across on my phone, and nope, nothing, nothing yet. Um, but the rumors currently are uh, are that with Froyo, as long as the carrier hasn't blocked it at the network end, and you are running at least a Nexus One, any kind of non-carrier locked-in version of Froyo, a stock version. Uh, tethering should actually work, and that's going to be interesting because I don't think that uh, Verizon did much to the droid, uh, the droid in terms of its OS distribution. I think that's running stock Android right now, and I know that Verizon, at least in the U.S. market, charges for tethering, if I'm not mistaken. So that's going to be very interesting to see how they react to this. They will react to it. I mean, if you, you're dangling a carrot in front of them, look, 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 there's this easy way that people can um, and get all their devices connected into their phone, and they go, ah, brilliant, we can charge for this. And what's more worrying is, is that Google have stopped selling the Nexus One directly from themselves, and you can only go through these, uh, uh, through the uh, carriers, uh, which is not a good sign. 
Yeah, that was unfortunate because I was really hoping that that uh, sales model was actually going to go through because it looked like something that a lot of people wanted, but it didn't happen. <laughs> the sales for the Nexus One were abysmal, and you could you could argue that it's because there was no advertising campaign outside of niche circles, or that no one could, excuse me, see the phone in person. I'm surprised that they didn't do something like go to uh, set up these one-stop shops in malls with the the little cart uh, carts that you see in. Yeah. in U.S. malls and just set up a Nexus One shop and just have people demo it like um, people demo, what is it, the Rosetta Stone software that I see in airports with some kind of slick one-person presentation to actually put the phone in people's hands so mm-hmm. that they can buy it in person or over the net. Uh, maybe that was just too much of an investment on Google's behalf and this was all just an experiment to see if it would work. <laughs> Strange. Um, uh, in the uh, another thing I noticed in Android uh, two point two um, was the they bragged about the speed of the uh, browser. It improved the well, they improved the speed of the entire system by uh, implementing just in time compiler for Java um, and so- updating the the kernel as well. There were kernel improvements under the covers. All right, know about that. Um, and the browser version speeded up, and they are now claiming that the the, the web browser will be the fastest, uh, fastest at the, the, the JavaScript anyway of anything out there. Obviously, when it actually ships, um, so brilliant, more competition, um, even beating out Safari on the iPhone and, and uh, iPad, which are you know plenty fast um, systems already. So the web is as. The web is playing definitely more and more and more important role here, and uh, uh, Google are. Uh, Investing in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm? Sorry, I was going to say an interesting point. Um, I've seen a number of articles. I think I've also seen a number of comments that people have been complaining that as good as uh, 2.2 is, uh, nobody's going to actually get it because of the terrible fragmentation of the handsets and the versions of um, of uh, Android out there. That more people use 1.5 than they do 1.6, and people are even having to get manual updates, which you know, regular consumers simply doesn't uh, happen. Yes, but that the 1.5 versus 1.6 argument, uh, those statistics are now out of date because the most common version now is 2.1. Oh. That uh, that's the most recent statistic, and. That statistic that you do cite was valid about three months ago, and that's how quickly the market changes. Oh, scary. <laughs> Goodness me. <laughs> yes, 2.1. Only, I think it was either this week or last week. It would have to be last week. It's Sunday, right? <laughs> last week or the week before last week. Um, 2.1 actually became the most common distribution by like a percentage point, and it's still fairly equally divided between... I think 1.6, 1.5, and 2.1, but 2.1 now is the majority platform. And I think with 2.2, that's going to be a huge, huge boost because those speed improvements will work across the board because of the just-in-time compiler. So the users are going to be clamoring for that because it will make everyone want to use the device that they have all the more. So I think that it's just a matter of time to get it up there. The real trick is 
uh, will the customized distributions such as Moto Blur, which is the ones which are mired in 1.5 or the Sense UI, which I yes. think is broken between 1.6 and 2.0, I think. I could be wrong about that. I think they might have a 1.6 and a 2.1 version now. But HTC is very responsive to this, whereas Motorola, well... <laughs> <laughs> what are, do, you, do you know what Sony are doing with the Xperia? Because um, I don't know anything about mobile phones, but apparently that came up that they were using Android as well. And I didn't actually know that, but is, is that a custom UI that they've put on, on their phones? I believe so. The same goes with uh, the Samsung phones. They have a custom UI on top of it. And all of these custom UI UIs, I'm surprised that more announcements weren't made for making the theming more user accessible for the operating system. I guess it makes sense because this was a very performance-intensive release, and hopefully in the future that they'll actually work on making theming a lot more user accessible such that all of these different skins on top of the operating system will just be a constellation of features that any user can install if they want to pony up the extra money. There's nothing in the operating system that prevents people from doing that. It's just easier right now to skin the OS. Oh, sorry, we should also discuss Google TV. That's Android. Yeah, that was an outside rumor that I wasn't sure if it was going to actually happen because the obvious historical parallel here is Apple TV. Mm. And that did not go off so well. It shows the differences in the company that the Apple TV, what it was missing was the web. It was missing, it was just a glorified sort of um, expensive wireless connection to your iTunes library and just a, a front to um, Apple's uh, movie trailers list. It didn't, it didn't do anything really other than providing a caching for your, your your content over the air um whereas google here have got a much bigger picture which is you know they understand the web is a key part of this Apple, I don't and know it was actually rather nice that they chose to use android for this instead of chrome os i mean isn't it odd that we've heard so much about android and chrome os actually, has been so far of no show yeah and hmm? the same with like in all in this in throughout the um uh, the keynotes, both uh, Wave and Chrome OS, were extremely downplayed. These were the big things last year, and you know they were just very briefly touched upon. And, and you know all they said with Wave was, you know, it's available to everybody. Please come back; it doesn't suck. <laughs> and that was about it. And and uh, again with Chrome OS, all they announced was the web app store, um, but that applies to the Chrome browser as well. And uh, I, we should also discuss that later. I think. Um, so yeah. The, they just sort of completely brushed over those things, and it's interesting as to what what's going to happen with Chrome uh, OS. There's been announcements that Acer are not going to release uh, devices uh, in, in in this uh, this year or in, in sort of any time soon. Um, well, the market's changed significantly in terms of how Google is perceiving it in the last year. I mean, in the last year, Android was yeah, that's a thing. Yes, but. And now, now it's it's huge. It's it's eating up market share left and right. And it's very obvious. I mean, you can just go on to any mention of Chrome OS on on the OS News comments, and you could see that people will say, "Yeah, that's nice. Can we have Android for that instead?" Um, Google have done this, are doing these things in parallel because um, 
the long term, I think, is obvious, or at least from Google's opinion is obvious, and in my opinion holds the same. HTML5 is the future. It is the HTML5 will be the C++ of, of, of the future. It will be the common standard by which most things get done. Um, it's messy, it's horrible, you can shoot yourself in the foot. Um, but You could do that with C++. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it gets things done. Um, and Chrome OS is the long-term idea, the long-term solution that, that, that your entire computer will be will just be the web only. Um, and Android is this in-between thing that says that, no, HTML5 is not ready yet. The standards aren't there. The implementation isn't there. This is going to take years. Uh, for now, we need native. And Android basically does the best balancing there. And Google, to its credit, basically tries a bunch of stuff and sees if it works. You can see that with the NXS1 distribution uh, test, you could basically say. And you could see that with Chrome OS. You could see that even with Android. There was no proof that Android was going to to catch on. And arguably, it wouldn't have if it weren't for the Motorola Droid and Verizon's incredibly aggressive ad campaign for that here stateside. I mean... I've I've been in four different states in the last month, and you can't go more than 15 minutes on any highway without seeing one of these enormous billboards for the droid. (laughs) Oh, that's in any major metropolitan area, at least I should qualify. (laughs) Um, The Google TV thing... um... Scary as it is, because it gives Google yet more access to everything about you. But again, it's uh, this could be a success. Um, it will depend upon advertising. It will depend upon what the uh, what Sony do, because Sony are going to be putting out TV sets with this stuff built in, apparently. Um, and again, it's whether Sony are going to really be behind this, or if really it's just another experiment to them as uh, to them too. Um, and Apple TV hasn't really seen any success um, and is what Google is doing is they're going to make any difference and will it be a difference based on the quality of and um, technical capability of the product or the um, the marketing and the presence of the product yeah I mean it's very obvious that the, that this might usher in a fundamental shift in how uh, users aren't going to be viewing and perceiving the TV as a device I mean in my apartment, we don't even have cable television. I mean, our, t- our TV is older than almost either of us. <laughs> and most of the time, we don't use it. We use our laptops because those are connected devices and we can get to those, uh, get to um, what we want to view on it. Increasingly, we have things that are in data files instead of in physical media because it's the way we like viewing things because the devices that we have are far more qualitative than our old clunky TV, and we have very little reason to update that. But if you think about it, if you now have a world where you have these kind of televisions that can play this, uh, these sort of files and works with that kind of a workflow, it's entirely possible that we won't need all of these other devices. And it just, again, goes back to Google's strategy of people using the web more. Yes. And the TV is a good, a really good point to start with that. And there has been, um, as with all technology, technology, uh, the technology has already been around for a long time. It's just been unevenly distributed. We've obviously had, com- you know, being able to connect your TV, uh, computer to a TV for eons. Um, <laughs> and, and well, that's so, if you have money, Croc. I'm not one of those no, people. No, I, I mean, what I mean is, 
But I mean, it's been possible for a ridiculously long time. In fact, you know, computers before we had monitors used to be, you know, your Commodore 64 plugged into your TV. You know, we've already been doing that. Giant 99 for a. <laughs> and um, Microsoft with their Windows Media Center stuff. Um, and, you know, why hasn't that succeeded? Because a, a sort of a collection of factors means that even if you've come up with the idea, it's just the market just isn't ready for it until... Until something else. It's the same with the the iPhone, and it's the same with um, you know the iPad being able to, to to do what it does because of multi-touch becoming available. That the, the differentiating factor, and with Google, that that differentiating factor, which means that technology will actually catch on for once, rather than where it's been all this time, um, is uh, could be Android. What what's capable with a comp- with a sophisticated OS on this stuff? What they demonstrated with the web messaging API, like being able to, on the computer, click a button and send something to the phone. Well, now imagine if you can do that from your phone to your television. That's, you know, that's really big because so many people have phones now and obviously so many people have televisions as well. And if you can just marry the two together, then that's going to be great for the average user. If they can bring up something on their phone and they can say, oh, look at this picture I took on my phone, click a button, bam, it's on the television. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. That will sell. <laughs> <laughs> and using the phone as the remote control as well. Again, that will sell. This is this is stuff that you can give to a regular user, and they can see how it benefits them. They can see that ah, this is better than what I've had before, and it's so simple. Um, uh, this is going to benefit me. The problem with the systems before, like Windows Media Center, etc., is it's asked you to change so much. It's like ah, we have got to get a PC, and you've got to learn how to use that PC, and you've got to configure and set it up, and then you've got to uh, get the right cable to connect it to your television, uh, right. and then you've got to worry about drivers, and you've got to get your antivirus for this, and it's asking too much of people. And I mean, crap! How on earth would you get something from a phone to a Windows PC, and then get to get it to appear into on on the television? I mean, how many steps would that take to explain? that process to someone a lot of steps it would require probably a good 20 pages if i wanted to be that detailed when writing the course material but yeah it's that's a huge issue but now but now if you just have here's an internet connected device you have an internet connected device it becomes that much easier just to upload it to a cloud service and then view it on that cloud service that's oh you know Google's on my goal with this, and I, it will be interesting to see what happens with this. Obviously, this technology is uh, America centric. Yet again, everything comes out of America first. Um, and I will be happy. To Sorry. Actually... <laughs> Thank you, America. Solving all your crappy problems first <laughs> before we and treating other here. ones worldwide. <laughs> yes. Uh, and and here in the land of uh, of, of the free, um, we will have to um, wait for this. So I will be interested when I can finally go into a shop and see one of these products and, and actually get my hands on it. Yeah, well, in the same spirit of the of of our, uh, we want to also we should probably also bring up the uh, country uh, the uh, Europe launching an investigation into Google for Wi-Fi data collecting. Oh yes, okay. Um, just to recap, um, Google, uh, whilst they've been um, driving around the um, uh, Europe taking their pictures for Street View, uh, they had accidentally let in some. Well, they say I'll say accidentally invaded commerce because that's the, their quote. Uh, had accidentally let in some code uh, into these devices uh, that they hadn't realised that was collecting packets off of wireless networks as it was going around. Um, 
And these were only in sort of five second bursts because of the vehicle moving um, and, and this data had collected and uh, a lot of hoo-ha was thrown up about this. Um, yes, it's some sort of privacy violation, no more than, you know, anybody walking around with a Wi-Fi device that can see, uh, you know, networks around you. Uh, right. <laughs> so That's one thing that, that, just, that just blows my mind about this entire argument is, you mean you didn't encrypt your wireless access point? Oh, it's, a lot of people don't. It's Again, this is badly designed technology with difficult instructions and things like that. People go out and buy a router, uh, and unless the router's already got a password on it, then they won't ever get one. Um, and we've tried so hard as the, as the media industry and as technology educators in order to stress how important this stuff is. And... The fact that no one seems to have gone to the extra effort to encrypt their own networks, it almost, I hate to say it, but it seems like it's your own problem. However, May 14th, Google published a new blog post in which explained that, in fact, they had been collecting personal data as well from open wireless networks. A quote, it's now clear that we have been mistakenly collecting samples of payload data from open, that is not password protected, Wi-Fi networks, even though we never use that data in Google products. However, we typically have collected only fragments of payload data because our cars are on the move. Somebody would need to be using the network as a... Uh, Somebody would need to be using the network as a car passed by, and our in-car Wi-Fi equipment automatically changes channels roughly five times a second. Oh, no, sorry, five times a second, right? Not five seconds. In addition, we do not collect any information traveling over secure password Wi-Fi. So, again, yes, it was probably stupid um, and an oversight as to how this code got in there, or why are these things even connecting to networks at all? Um... But I'm actually willing to believe Google in this sense that this was a stupid mistake. This data was collected. They didn't actually go and use that data. It just sat on a disk or something. You know, it, was, it sat somewhere. And they discovered it and thought, oh, well, what's this doing here? And they've discovered the source of the problem. Um, again, they're not doing anything that you couldn't go and do yourself right now. <laughs> right. And there are other web services which actually provide you. Here's the list of all of the public oh, public yes. wireless access points in your geolocation. And there are applications which will automatically do this on, on multiple mobile devices. Yeah, and it's the same thing. thing that Google's doing. It's just that. <laughs> it's, it's a group of individuals doing it independently that goes back to a common web service. I mean... Guys, what's going yeah, on here? <laughs> bigger things to worry about than than this sort of you know, petty thing. But oh well, that's the digital world encroaching upon us. It's normal. <laughs> Have we covered everything? We've actually done an hour already, surprisingly. Oh, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, if we had if we had Tom around, he could uh, go on about Ecom Station Two being released. But <laughs> there will be a lot that we've uh, not covered, or that you're going that, that, that you, the listeners, are going to disagree with. I, you know, freely accept that right now because um, it's good to have Tom on the show because he's just as opinionated as I am, and you know, have an argument over the fact here. And um, we're not really being able to properly do that today because both me and Tessa are completely different camps and, and <laughs> have no real middle ground there that we're going to argue over. Uh, so in your comments, if there's anything we've missed where we've been inaccurate, wrong, or, or, or just, you know, not covered the obvious, then uh, yeah, put that in your comments, please. That would be great because uh, we do read them. That makes me wonder, 
uh, if we're going to actually have a standard segment in this show in the future that will cover what we got wrong in the previous uh, episode. We usually do that when we open um, the show. We've done that before, but in instances where it's been three or four weeks between shows... um, It's hard to remember. (laughs) It's hard to remember and and, uh, what it's relevant to. So, you know, again, it's probably not why we've done that here. Maybe possibly Tom being available next week, then we might be able to fit in another show then um, uh, so that Tom can add to this discussion. And who knows what other news is going to crop up in the next week. I mean, it's already been pretty mental as it is uh, for the last couple of weeks. Uh, uh, so, you know, you never know. That's what's interesting about it. Excellent. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, feedback, uh, we should say. As we've mentioned, you can leave your comments on the website at osnews.com when this gets published. Uh, you may email us at a crew at osnews.com, at C-R-E-W, crew at osnews.com. Uh, we do love uh, receiving your emails. That's great. And your comments of the discussion. Uh, and uh, all things are going good. We should hopefully see you next week. All right. Thank you very much. Bye. Yep. <laughs>